right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program? Yes, my voice is still a bit of a mess, but I feel great. It's not, it just is what it is. Uh, it is the pollen insanity that has been uh, the worst it's ever been well, this year. Changed medicines today. Got the local honey that Linda swears is going to cure me. Uh, but hopefully uh, throughout the program, the voice will hold up. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. If it's irritating, I apologize. It sounds irritating to me. Um, you know, I, I read all, I like to still read hard newspapers. Every day I get the Wall Street Journal, New York Post, New York Daily News, and USA Today. Because it's the way I grew up. I delivered newspapers in the morning. So anyway, I guess, and it's right at the top fold, USA Today, U.S. to target root causes of migration. We're not going to spend a lot of time now on this. The root causes. Well, let's just go back to the campaign, shall we? And let's play Joe saying, uh, I want you to come here to seek um, to, to, to seek a, a sanctuary or um, not an amnesty. Uh, you know, this is the place that will accept you, something to that effect. And then Kamala Harris then take it a step further, telling illegal immigrants to come that they will get free health care. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. So you support giving universal health care, Medicare for all to people who are in this country illegally? Let me just be very clear about this. I am opposed to any policy that would deny in our country any human being from access to public safety, public education, or public health, period. So Kamala Harris now saying, don't come, we're enforcing the laws. It's a lie. They're not enforcing the laws. We now have three consecutive months where we have the highest number of illegal immigrants getting into the country. Nobody's being turned away. They got rid of the stay in Mexico policy. They stopped building the border wall and catch and release is not only back. It's just release barely and register and you don't even get a court date. And then in the dark of night, Joe is sending illegal immigrants to, you know, 48 states. So then the states bear the burden of taking care of food and shelter and housing and health care and education that they can no longer afford to do. Lester Holt called Kamala Harris out. Well, why haven't you visited the border? Well, I didn't visit Europe either. What a dumb answer. Listen. Americans don't see a lot of that on a daily basis. What they yeah. do see at their, at their own border, children being lowered over fences, yeah. children coming in with, you know, phone numbers stenciled on, on their hand. Yeah. And so the question has come up, and you heard it here, and, and yeah. you'll, you'll hear it again, I'm sure. It's why not visit the border? Why not see what Americans are seeing in this crisis? Well, we are going to the border. We have to deal with what's happening at the border. There's no question about that. That's not a debatable point. But we have to understand that there's a reason people are arriving at our border and ask what is that reason and then identify the problem so we can fix it. Just quickly put a button. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. 
I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. Well, why is she laughing at that? And then Kamala telling multinational corporations, invest in Guatemala. How stupid is that? I, I mean, how about they, we invest in American uh, manufacturing centers? Probably most people don't want to because of the high taxes that they know are coming down the road. And then she got ripped by the Guatemalan president who blamed her and Joe for what's happening because Joe basically said, come to the border if I'm elected president. You know, but it's still not enough for AOC, who's calling Harris's immigration comments disappointing, warning migrants not to come. We will enforce the law. If you don't like the law, you got to change the law. Harris telling the Guatemalan president migration is a top priority because he ripped her and Joe for what's happening at the border and, and people leaving his country and telling, you know, potential migrants, you'll be turned back. Don't come. They're not being turned back. And they know they're not being turned back just because she said it doesn't mean it's true. And I'm going to tell you what it's going to end up doing already. They're committing over $4 billion. They're going to commit billions of dollars to all of these countries. And I, I can promise you right now, the money's not going to make it to the people to prevent them from wanting to enter this country illegally that you can pretty much depend on. And you got Joe Biden out there telling graduates Systemic racism and climate change are the greatest crises of our time. Harris on on message saying climate economy among the main drivers of migration after the Guatemalan president lectured her blaming the U.S. for what's happening at our border and people leaving his country. I mean, it's it's pretty unbelievable. Climate change. It's not terrorism. It's not Russia and, let's see, attacking um, cyber attacks against our, our meat industry, against our, our pipeline, our energy industry. What's Joe's answer to Vladimir? To give him a waiver to build his pipeline while he's denying American energy workers their jobs with the stroke of a pen and stopping our pipeline building? But you'll reward Russia? What's he going to do? Uh, maybe radical Islamic terrorists... Uh, they're a bigger threat than, quote, this climate change that Joe is telling us. Yeah, racism is a problem, but it's not, you know, but so is terrorism. And so is the fact that you have the Iranians getting arms from Russia and China that they're delivering to fight a proxy war in the Middle East. That, that would be a big problem, too, Joe. Unbelievable. And, you know, now, by the way, apparently the Justice Department has been able to recover a majority of the ransom money that Colonial Pipeline paid to get their computers back online. Websites globally are being hit by a major Internet outage. Uh, You've got literally the entire Internet going down after some kind of cloud outage. I don't know a darn thing about any of this stuff because I'm I'm not on I'm not technically that's not what I want to ever do in life. New York City Law Department is hit by another cyber attack. I mean, this is getting really bad out here. And Joe Biden, climate change, the greatest crisis of our time. No, it's not, Joe. No, I would say the attacks on our country, on our infrastructure, on our on our energy at our energy sector, at our food supply sector. That's a far bigger problem, Joe. 
Oh, and the White House saying, well, Biden keeps D-Day memories close to his heart. You know, well, then why did he snub the anniversary? Then you got circle back Saki spinning away. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more we have to say on it. Oh, okay. After they got caught, we'll just make it up that we care more than anybody else. There is a huge amount of anxiety for Democrats because pretty much the entire radical Biden agenda has now stalled. Uh, And there are major, major questions being asked if Joe is up to the job of of being president by the Democratic Party. And there's fierce anger uh, at Joe Manchin and and Senator Sinema of Arizona because Manchin, you know, is standing against this insanity of SR1, which is the most oppressive, uh, you know, voting it is the single it will single handedly remove all integrity and competence in future elections. And that's what they want. They don't want any voter I.D. They don't want any signature verification. They want instant automatic registration of everybody. Uh, no cleaning of the voter rolls, no chain of custody control issues. No, you know, they don't want anything. And, I, you know, you need a picture ID for everything else in life. The next Democratic National Convention, are they going to get rid of the picture ID requirement to get in the building? Are you going to get rid of the requirement for photo ID to get into the White House, to get into the Capitol? Are they going to eliminate the requirement for photo ID to buy a six-pack of beer or, or a bottle of Tito's? Are they going to get rid of it to buy a, a pod of a jewel pod at your local 7-Eleven? It's insane. And then, of course, you know, he's against eliminating the, the filibuster. And so everybody's ap- apoplectic. So, you know, Democrats do what they always do. And the, now they're accusing Joe Manchin of preserving Jim Crow. Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez is out there suggesting Manchin is participating in an effort to dismantle democracy. None of this is true. Social justice warrior Jamel Hill calling Manchin a power-hungry white dude who's upholding white supremacy. You know, maybe this explains the utter terror. If you dare go against the squad... You know, that's why Joe won't stand up against the squad. Nancy won't stand up against the squad. Chucky won't stand up against the squad. You know, and now these attacks are getting fierce because their agenda is being left behind because it is radical. You know, Manchin apparently is unmoved. He said on Tuesday that he had a constructive meeting with a group of civil rights leaders, but he was not changing his opposition to SR1. He met with Al Sharpton. He met with the NAACP president, Derek Johnson. He met with the National Urban League president as well and the National Council of uh, African-American Women and some other groups. And there's nothing basically for or against. Everyone's position was discussed. Asked if the meeting changed his position. He added, no, I don't think anybody changed positions on that. New York Times editorial board is now... For some reason, my earphones just went through the roof. Anyway, New York Times editorial board member Mara Gay finds dozens of American flags in Long Island apparently disturbing because apparently they're mixed with Trump flags and a few anti-Biden signs. I was on Long Island this weekend uh, visiting a really dear friend, and I was really disturbed. I saw 
you know, dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with, uh, you know, uh, explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, uh, Trump flags, and some cases just dozens of American flags, which, you know, uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear. It was, this is my country. This is not your country. I own this. And so until we're ready to have that conversation, this is going to continue. All right. So the, the, the bottom line is it reminds me a lot of Joe Lieberman, who I was friends with for a long time. Clyburn now attacking Manchin, saying this democracy is on fire. Uh, Joyless Behar saying Manchin is blocking Democrats from saving the country. House Democrats want the Senate again to vote on the January 6th commission. Well, will they also vote to investigate the 275 riots where thousands of cops were you know, injured, getting hit with bottles and bricks and Molotov cocktails. We're going to look into that we sh- because both are wrong and shouldn't happen and shouldn't ever happen again. And they just had a bipartisan group of senators that examined what happened on January 6th. Nobody's ever examined the rioting that went on all last summer. All right. A lot of ground to get to today. 800 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, we'll take a quick break. Um, also of the latest on the border. We'll have the latest on whether or not law, whether or not Fauci is, in fact, liable for lying to Congress. And did he break the law? We have new evidence that suggests he didn't tell the truth. But first, I want to remind you, uh, whether you're refinancing a home or buying your first home or buying a new home, mortgage rates are at an all time low. Even options you can get in the twos. That's like free money. You're never going to see interest rates this low ever again, in my view which is why you need to look at your loan if you have one. Look at the current rate that you have. If you're paying more than, say, around 2% plus 3%, you can lower your monthly payments, spend less over the life of your loan by calling our friends at American Financing. Unlike uh, going to your local bank or credit union, they give you every option that's out there. They'll shop for the best deal, and you'll get a free no-obligation mortgage review. Let the mortgage consultant experts at American Financing, they'll look at all the options available for you. No pressure, no upfront fees. Their rates are now at all-time lows. You can likely benefit and save a lot of money. Call now, 866-615-9200, 866-615-9200. On the web, it's AmericanFinancingOneWord.net. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. They want to be a part of the program. But this is now your new extreme radical Democratic Party. Joe Manchin is not, he's now a racist. Same with Senator Sinema. These are the attacks that you get if you dare to go against the radicalism of, of this new left wing. I mean, the funny thing is you can't have a more radically left president than Joe Biden. His agenda is the Bolshevik Bernie squad agenda. <clears throat> it is far left socialism, new greed, neo-socialism. And and anybody that opposes it will be called every and any name in the book. I mean, Jane Fonda's out there condemning Biden for failing to be bold on climate change. He's not acting fast enough. Well, what, what do you think the COVID emergency relief monies were all about? That money was being funneled as a down payment, blue state bailout money and down payment money for the new Green Deal. The same with the, the next bill that they passed. 
you know, infrastructure, child care is infrastructure, education is infrastructure, pre-K is infrastructure, free college is infrastructure. What, that's all new Green Deal socialism, which is what they are now talking about. The, 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 you know, climate change is the, the biggest threat to this country at this time. Really? And then you've got Obama now out there desperately trying to smear and slander any conservative. Um, and I get the impression that he wishes he was the one that went this hard left. Right wing media capitalizes on fear and resentment of white of white population towards changing America. OK, no. I mean, what uh, I America voted for him twice. You would think that he recognizes how great this country is. Do we have progress to make? Yes. Have we made a lot? Yes. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. What did you say to me, uh, Linda? You said it's uh, Rose Tennant's birthday today? Today is Rose Tennant's birthday, Rose Unplugged. So we just wanted to give a shout-out to our girl. Let her know we're thinking of her, and happy birthday. 21 so again, which is amazing. I want to give a shout-out to my girl and wish her a happy birthday. You want me to do it that way? Is that what you want I me to say? I think you should, actually. I think you would do that quite well, especially with the raspy, Demi Moore fr- voice no, you got going on. She's a friend of ours. We love Rose. Happy birthday, Rose. But I'm not going to come on and say it your way. Let's give a shout-out to my girl, uh, Rose Listen, tenet. we all have our own individual way of saying things. You say it your way, I'll say it my way, potato, potato, we'll all call it even. All right, so you want, you want to give a shout-out to our girl, my yes. girl. Your, it's not my girl. Our uh, girl. Our friend. How about we give a shout-out to our friend, Rose Tennant, and say happy Rose birthday. Tennant. That was the most interesting happy birthday ever, I think. It's pretty good. <laughs> I liked it. I hope, well, I hope did she you liked send, it. Did you send her? Uh, did you send her a cake I or sent flowers, her flowers or something? Beautiful flowers. Right. Hopefully, she got them because if she's listening, then she just found out I sent her flowers. If they're not there yet, I hope they're there. I don't know. I hope they're there. Unbelievable. I sent them. By the way, Twitter is ablaze that apparently there's evidence now emerging that Hunter Biden has used the N word on many occasions. We're looking into it now. Um, one thing that has been released is Hunter and his colleagues at this high-powered law firm apparently tried to leverage their government connections in the final months when his dad was vice president, uh, apparently to help a Romanian real estate tycoon avoid conviction on bribery charges. Uh, emails from the never-ending uh, laptop. I keep, I've been telling everybody there's a lot more to come, a lot more to come. How do you know, Hannity? Because I have I have independent sources that have seen copies of it. And the worst thing that they've told me hasn't even begun to surface. But I, as I, what did what did our lawyers say to us? They said, "No, you're you're forbidden. You're not allowed to get a copy of it." I'm like, "Why not?" I said, "I'm a I'm a member of the press. I should be able to get it." Uh, but anyway, so I'm, I'm, it is what it is, the Daily Mail reporting. Anyway, so apparently Hunter contacted former FBI Director Louis Free in June of 2016 about the case of this Romanian guy accused of acquiring land to build a Bucharest mall at a below market price. In the email, Hunter told Free, then a partner at at some Delaware-based law firm, free and somebody and somebody, that this guy's a good man, 
very badly treated by a suspect Romanian justice system. Now, you know there had to be some money behind this. I mean, Biden's White House is, is powered by all of these connections. And, you know, now that, you know, I mean, this is what was so awful about, you know, Humpty Dumpty is just a liar. The guy just makes it up as he goes along. And then he has Jen Psaki, who used to be a colleague at Fake News CNN. What does the media do uh, get wrong about its coverage of Joe? My, I gave the answer yesterday in, in great specificity and detail. The answer is pretty much everything that you guys allow him to get away with. Start with the lie that he's been telling that he never talked to Hunter, not a single time, about business dealings with foreign actors. Because we know that's a lie, because now we got pictures. Maybe somebody at Fake News, CNN, can tell Humpty, hey, Humpty Dumpty, stop lying, stop covering, stop being the press office for all things New Green Deal, radical Democratic Socialists. And you know what the thing is, is nobody really even takes these people seriously anyway. They just don't. Their obsession with all things Hannity and Fox News cracks me up. And almost everything they ever write or say about me is wrong. The funniest, you know, it's it's interesting that there's great outrage that apparently the Justice Department, I guess Biden and under Trump, apparently were looking at emails for some reason of, of different reporters. And there's there's great indignation and great outrage. And Linda, I watched that with, with particular amusement because nobody seemed to care when my private text messages were released to the public by a judge and I'm a member of the press. And what were they, like 1,200, 1,300, 1,400 text messages? Remember at the time? Did, you, I do did anyone that. ever stick up for me at the time? Of course not. Of no, course not. Of course they not. thought it was their right. Oh, no, they started covering it. And the, the it best was, It was part, news. The best, the best, best part. They're reading my private text messages. And I, I, am, I am tearing it up. Now, remember, this Wait, is Wait, but can we talk about the funny Mueller part about team. it? What's that? There's a funny part. There's a funny part about this. Can we okay, talk about that? What part do you think is the funny part? That's the part I thought I was going to tell. Oh, okay, you tell the part you think is funny, and then I'll tell you if it's right or not. Okay, so the the it's covered all over fake news CNN, covered all over MSDNC, and these are private text messages, and and they come to the same exact conclusion. They're like, oh my gosh, Hannity writing these text messages. It it sounds just like his monologues on a show. And he really, he, apparently, he really, he really believes all of this. I mean, now you could take that one of two ways. They must be phony, and they just say stuff because they, they I don't know. I guess they think it'll get them ratings. Ultimately, to me, that was a compliment because I'm the same person behind the scenes as I am, except I curse a lot more. Yeah, they probably they didn't pick up that part. They could have though. Anyway, what was your funny part? No, that was it. But you left out the park because I think it was Mother Jones or one of those guys. And they they wrote, they were like, oh, my God, we thought we were going to get this juicy text exchange. And instead, it's just Hannity regurgitating the same thing that we hear him say night after night. And then he's like, I can't believe he believes this shift. And I just started mm-hmm. laughing. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is hysterical because I mean, they really it, are the most. You know you what know. I concluded with that? It must mean that what they say they don't believe. Well, no, they get if their talking points that I'm from, saying you know, the same thing privately that oh, yeah. I say publicly, which means that I'm sincere in my beliefs. 
then you would think they'd say, well, at least he's consistent. Well, that's why we have flip-flop montages of the left. We have just so many of them because they never are consistent. That that is that is true too. It's getting. I will tell you this because a lot of people say, "Oh, the Republican Party is is now fracturing because of Donald Trump." I don't see that at all. Because the if if I'm right in my analysis about the three waves of conservatism in our lifetime, and that would be Ronald Reagan in 1980, um, that would be Newt Gingrich in 1994, bringing Republicans back into power in the House of Representatives. Remember, the first time in 40 years. They've been out of power in the House for 40 long years. And then I would argue the third wave has been Donald Trump. And the agenda is always pretty much the same, although, if I'm going to be honest, the biggest, well, New kept all his promises and left us a balanced budget. I mean, they all did a lot. Reagan, you know, created 20 plus million new jobs, longest period of peacetime economic growth in history up to that point. Newt Newt kept his contract with America promises. He literally gave us the last balanced budgets that Washington ever had. Uh, I mean, he was very effective as speaker for five years. The four years of Trump, though, you know, probably and again, America knew it was electing a disruptor. Probably the most iconoclastic and, and just just plowed through to get everything done from building the wall to getting us energy independent to lowering taxes, eliminating bureaucracy, constitutionalists on the bench, free and fair trade, um, peace through strength. Everybody was afraid of him around the world. They believe what he said and they knew that he's capable of following through. And so if I'm right about my analysis, those principles don't change. You can look at the personalities of who might be running because you can see now that the, the rhino wing of the Republican party, the establishment wing of the Republican party, they're hopeful. They, they, if they have their way, that Donald Trump will never have a say ever again publicly. They love the idea that his voice is, basically censored on on social media um but i'm telling that but the winning formula for any politician is going to be that agenda you can add to it law and order you can add to that free market solutions for health care that protect pre-existing conditions you can add to that school choice all things that republicans have wanted to get done for a long time but that agenda is going to be what Republicans run on if they want to win in 2022. I don't care if they're running for the House or if they're running for the Senate. And these reports that Newt Gingrich is working with Donald Trump on a contract with America, I love the idea. I've talked about this for many years now. It's 25 years since Republicans last did it. You know, tell people what you stand for. And they're getting help every single day because, you know, look what's happening with the borders. Look, Look at what's happening with inflation. Look what's happening with the economy. Look what's happening, you know, with the with the massive amounts of money being squandered and wasted on promises that liberal Democratic New Green Deal socialists that will never fulfill. They're not lifting a finger to restore law and order to create, you know, safety and and security for people so they can pursue happiness. They're not lifting a finger to go against teachers unions to have better schools 
They're not lifting a finger to control our borders, just the opposite. They're facilitating lawbreaking. They're, not, they're now hurting America's energy independence. They've eliminated it after we just recently acquired it. Now we're paying more for energy and subsequently more for every single thing that we buy in every store that we go to. And we're paying more to put gas in our cars and heat and cool our homes. And it's all because of Joe's policies. On the world stage, you got Vladimir Putin is, is just rogue and running wild. You know, we have two Russian hacks, once against our energy and one against our energy industry, one against our meat industry. And Joe's response is to give Vladimir a waiver so he can build his pipeline so he gets Russia rich again, supplying our allies in Western Europe the energy, which is the lifeblood of the world's economy. Meanwhile, if he worked on the Keystone XL pipeline or planned to work on exploration and extraction of energy in Anwar and other places in Alaska, you're, you're just dead out of luck. It's unbelievable. Uh, and then you look at the defund the police. For example, the, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, the real Speaker of the House, supports this Democratic mayoral candidate to replace Comrade de Blasio. Her name's, I think, Maya Wiley. Is it Wiley? How do you say her last name? Anyway, she wants to cut another billion dollars from the NYPD budget. At the same time, she lives in a home protected by a private security team where she lives in Brooklyn. On Sunday, clashing with, I guess, rival Eric Adams over the plan to defund the police, if elected, claiming that in December that she thought the private security was ridiculous and we shouldn't have it. Apparently she has it. It's like the people in Minnesota started spending a fortune as they're cutting the police budget. They're spending a fortune of taxpayer dollars for private security firms for themselves. New York City slammed by a new surge in shootings. They're all over the place. Shootings now are up in New York City by 68% so far this year, up from a record last year. Through Sunday, the five boroughs have seen 602 shooting incidents in 2021, <clears throat> wounding or killing nearly 700 people. At the same time, by comparison, the city lodged only 358 shootings in 2020. And 2020 was a record year. I mean, all of this now, you know, AOC, Black Lives Matter, you know, how come the, not one, I haven't seen one statement by BLM or by AOC about this 10-year-old boy that was shot in Queens. Beautiful kid, pictures all over the tabloids. This young kid, his life is wiped out. Three days away from his 11th birthday. Now, last I checked, doesn't AOC represent a district in Queens. I haven't heard from her. Haven't heard from Black Lives Matter. All these names of all these people that we scroll their names. You never you never hear these names because they can't politicize them. You got the videos we were showing last night on Hannity. You know, people twerking atop police SUVs while they're moving. Police can't even, you know, their cars being hit with bricks and rocks. How do you stand silent as a 10-year-old loses his life? A young man had his whole future ahead of him. In Minneapolis, a 14-year-old was gunned down at a graduation party. 19-year-old shot at a a street race. California, two arrested in a road raid incident that killed a 6-year-old. You know, the criminals thought, you know, it's it's every major city, everywhere we've cut funding for the police. It has not worked out well. 
and it's never going to work out well. It's it's a predictable failure, just like socialism will fail. Right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. So when the government does not follow the laws of the land, for example, down at the border, when, we now know the Biden administration, they're not, they're not enforcing the law. As a matter of fact, they take it a step further. They're aiding and abetting law-breaking. They are facilitating those that have broken the law to move to other states. They're burdening states with the high cost of food and shelter and health care and education for all the people that are in this country illegally because Joe Biden, he gets, I guess, to pick and choose what laws he's going to enforce and what laws he's not going to enforce. Then we have the issue of, okay, people involved in rioting all over the country and there's no bail. And we have instances of those people and they just get released and they get a slap on the wrist. Um, Why aren't they enforcing laws, especially against people that are attacking police officers? Then you have the issue of, okay, what was told Congress about the Wuhan lab, the virology lab and gain of function research? and tax dollars, and testimony given before Congress, um, and whether or not laws were broken there in terms of lying to Congress. Now let's listen to the the great flip-flopper Anthony Fauci telling Rand Paul that the NIH has not funded gain-of-function because we now have evidence to the contrary. And Scott Gottlieb is the former FDA commissioner saying in the spring of 2020 that Fauci briefed the world that COVID-19 could have been a lab leak, the opposite of what he said before Congress. Listen. Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. You don't think inserting a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function. That is not the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. And the claim appears to be that that he was not um, uh, forthcoming about the idea that it might have been from a lab leak in his discussions within the administration and in the other work he was doing. And some people have looked at these emails and said that that it suggests that. Well, go ahead. Yeah, I was told at that time back in the spring um, that Dr. Fauci had gone over to a meeting of world health leaders in Europe around the World Health Assembly and actually briefed them on the information that they were looking at, that this could have been a potential lab leak, that this strain looked unusual. So those discussions were going on. And I was told that by a very senior official in the Trump administration. I've reconfirmed that conversation that happened you know, at the time contemporaneously with, uh, with that meeting over a year ago. Uh, So I think early on when they looked at the strain, they had suspicions and in a closer analysis, and it takes time to do that analysis, dispelled some of those um, suspicions. All right. In an email, January 31st, 2020, we now know Dr. Fauci was told that the genome specifically looked like it had been altered in a lab. And it gets worse than that, as we warned you about last week. And it also appears that he he held urgent talks about the origins of COVID-19 in the early days of coronavirus. For example, Fauci sent an email to a top staffer in early February 2020 and read, quote, 
It is essential that we speak this morning. Keep your cell phone on. Read this paper as well as the email that I'm going to forward you uh, with the attachment entitled Barrick She Nature Medicine SARS Gain of Function PDF. Now, Barrick refers to Dr. Ralph Barrick, an American virologist who worked with the Wuhan lab. And when Fauci was asked about Dr. Barrick, that's the answer we just played for you. We also learned from science journalist Nicholas Wade that the EcoHealth Alliance had a grant from his NIH to do gain-of-function research on coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Does that mean that flip-flop Fauci lied, and if he did before Congress, is that a crime? Anyway, joining us now, Greg Jarrett, Fox News analyst and host of his own podcast, The Brief. Uh, sir, welcome back to the program. My pleasure as always. I, You know, I do think that Fauci lied, and he could be criminally charged for his deliberate deceptions and lies. By the way, we, we all know this will never happen, because unless you're a conservative, you don't get held accountable. But... but it doesn't it, it doesn't dismiss the fact that he did lie. Oh, absolutely. He insisted in his testimony repeatedly, Sean, that none of the money he sent to the Wuhan lab was used for dangerous gain of function research. But these newly unearthed emails show that he was warned that that had happened, that this COVID-19 virus looked potentially engineered in the laboratory that scientists had created a lethal superbug, more virulent and contagious. And the emails further show that he became very worried that, in fact, he had been complicit in creating this deadly pandemic. Uh, and, and so, obviously, he wasn't truthful and forthcoming to Congress when he testified. Not only that, after his testimony, Sean, he actually contradicted himself. Uh, and his testimony by conceding that the money he sent could have been used for gain-of-function research. So, you know, it seems to me there should be absolutely a criminal investigation into whether Fauci lied to Congress. He wasn't under oath, so you can't charge him with perjury, but it doesn't matter. You can charge him with making a false and misleading statement to Congress under 18 U.S.C. 1001, it's the identical crime as perjury. In fact, it has an equivalent, uh, an equivalent sentencing, five years, for every lie. And it seems to me he lied more than once in his testimony. So he could be charged with something facing 10, 15, 20 years behind bars. The amazing thing is, though, I don't think he probably never expected in any way that these emails would ever see the light of day. And of all days, Greg, it was January 31st of 2020, the same day Donald Trump put in his xenophobic, hysterical travel ban. It was at that time, that very day, that Fauci was asking questions. Do you, do you think uh, our money could have been used for gain-of-function research? And was, he was told that day that the genome specifically isolated showed that there was some type of human interference or gain-of-function research applied to COVID-19. Now, that's the earliest point during this crisis. And then he went out there and allowed this whole, you know, debunked theory, conspiracy theory, anybody that dared raise questions, Senator Cotton, Donald Trump, some people like myself, just, you know, we knew that this lab 
studied coronaviruses, and we knew that they were involved in gain-of-function research. Yes, and left behind were genetic fingerprints that were pointed out to Fauci, again, the emails, uh, that, you know, the, the, they saw these virologists, respected virologists, more than one, uh, that they, they found this uh, infamous genetic sequencing, the double C uh, GG. And, and you don't find that in nature. It's not natural evolution, human transmission, uh, animal to human transmission. No, that, that is cooked up in a lab. And we know that Fauci has long been an advocate of gain of function research, which is inherently dangerous and risky and hazardous because it can create pandemics and he didn't care about that he's been advocating that for the last 15 years and so what did Fauci do well it looks like he covered it all up perhaps to avoid implicating himself his own complicity uh, in 3.5 million deaths worldwide and instead he peddled uh, what appears to be a false alternative uh, you know, that it happened in bat soup uh, from a wet market uh, in the wild. Well, guess what? After 16 months, there's no evidence that the virus emerged naturally. Where's the infected bat population? It hasn't been found. No immediate host has been located. Thousands of tests, Sean, failed to come up with a scintilla of evidence that a virus in nature jumped from animals to human. And, you know, I think it's likely there's no cleavage site because it never existed to begin with, and Fauci knew that. What he knew also was that this very uh, laboratory in Wuhan that he had been funding uh, was doing the kind of hazardous, dangerous research experiments that could have precipitated the pandemic. We have talked at length on this program, you and I, about, okay, why are some laws applied to some people but not other people? I mean, Roger Stone, I think, is a perfect case in point. Roger Stone was charged with lying to Congress. In his case, he had a pre-dawn raid, you know, 30 guys, tactical gear, frogmen, tipped off CNN cameras, and they wanted to put him in jail for, what, 10 years, 7, 8, 9, 10 years, whatever it was. And here you have Michael Horowitz and referrals for top FBI, upper echelon people. That, those referrals go nowhere. If you have somebody like Dr. Fauci, nobody's ever going to go after Dr. Fauci. Uh, we have Joe Biden picking and choosing that, well, he doesn't want to enforce the laws at our borders and keep them secure as the law requires. And not only is he allowing the law breaking, but he's aiding and abetting those that break the law by providing housing and then later transportation to other states, forcing states to then care for people at a very high cost to them because he's insisting to allow illegal immigration um but they always seem to get away with it on the left there's there's one set of standards for conservatives another set of standards for liberals because progressive politics have now infected not just law enforcement but prosecutors offices and the department of justice and so the people in charge biden's justice department in particular um you know they're more than happy to weaponize their authority to go after uh, people with whom they disagree politically. And, and, you know, this has to stop. They have forgotten their principal ethical duty to see that justice is done. Instead, they politicize uh, and abuse their own power 
uh, for partisan purposes. It's got yeah, to where, where, Where's Durham? Where's the Durham report? Whatever happened to him? He's, he's in the, the black hole of oblivion, um, and, and it's incredibly disappointing. Now, maybe he'll come up uh, with something eventually, but I'll probably die of old age before it happens. All right, final moments. Greg Jarrett is with us. Think how deep this is. So you have, for three years, the country's lied to by the media. They're told Trump, Russia, collusion, collusion, collusion. Turns out the only collusion was Hillary Clinton paying for a dirty Russian disinformation dossier that the FBI knew very early was not true. It was never via verifiable. Uh, in January 2017, the subsource said none of it's true. This was bar talk. Christopher Steele even admitted none of it is confirmed. And yet they went forward, used the dirty Russian dossier. They committed premeditated fraud on a FISA court. They spied on a presidential candidate, a transition team, and a president. Nobody's been held accountable for any of that. Now, I'm sorry, Greg Jarrett. If, if you're not held accountable for that, how do we say that we have a, a, a justice system that's functioning at, in a way that, that dispenses fair justice? Because I don't believe it exists anymore. I don't believe it either. It's dysfunctional. And you just nicely described a myriad of crimes associated with By the Russia. By the way, crimes that are proven. And then a, a complicit media that went right. forward with the conspiracy theories and the lies. Well, the media are just uh, lazy dimwits, as I uh, call them in my latest podcast. Uh, but it's really unconscionable that the Department of Justice is not taking aggressive action the people behind the Russia hoax that held hostage a presidency uh, for nearly its entire four years uh, that Donald Trump was in office. And, you know, it's not just Hillary Clinton paying for a phony dossier, but it's Christopher Steele who sought to influence an American election through lies that he put in paper and then peddled to the media and peddled to American uh, government officials, including James Comey, Andrew McKay, Peter Strzok, and so forth. And all of them joined in this conspiracy. They knew that the dossier uh, was a lie. Uh, they found the source, and the source laughed and said, it's all a collection of lies and deceptions and exaggerations. And yet, that didn't deter uh, Comey's FBI from lying to the FISA court to obtain surveillance warrants and, and perpetuating... If, I, if you or I did this, we'd be in jail right now for life. Oh, totally. We, we absolutely we would. But, yeah. you know, because Democrats did it, they get a get-out-of-free-jail card. All right, Greg Jarrett, always great to have you. Thank you. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, we're going to get to the issue of the origins of COVID-19 in more detail and more importantly, the intersection of politics and medicine. And that means politics always wins, especially with the new information that came out that, in fact, uh, we know Dr. Fauci and, and others had been told that there are therapeutics that showed promise. Eventually, we had now numerous studies, starting with the Henry Ford study. That said, yeah, taken early, hydroxychloroquine is effective at mitigating many of the symptoms of COVID-19 and other drugs like ivermectin and new therapeutics like Regeneron came on the scene. And you couldn't even discuss 
alternatives without getting excoriated by the media mob. Uh, I'm going to play a call here in a second of of a doctor calling in the C-SPAN in 2003, ripping Dr. Fauci. But first, we welcome back to the program Dr. Ben Carson. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Very good to be with you, Sean. All right. Before we get into this, so I've got this. I've, I've had really bad allergies now for a month. And a couple of days, a week or so ago, my throat was giving out. It's given out a little bit today and yesterday. And so Linda, the producer of this program, says, well, you got to take local honey. So now I have three versions of local honey that I'm taking, you know, during the day. Now, I love the taste of honey. It tastes great. Does that have any impact on allergies because it's local honey, which I didn't even know existed? Well, it makes you feel good. And when you feel good, your immune That's, system works better. <laughs> but it does. But in other words, because it's the same pollen, there's no medical evidence that you're aware of that the fact that the they use the bees use the pollen that similar to the allergens that have. By the way, they've never been this bad. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. You know, and we we probably never should, should kind of laugh these things off. Because there are probably some relationships that we don't know about there, but I would I always say to people, you you'll never go wrong by taking taking natural substances. Yeah, I mean I'm actually all. I mean I'm trying it. Look, I've over the years it seems whenever I have any type of illness, it's like it it's like instinctively. You know, I guess my weak point are my vocal cords. And, I've, you know, over the years, I used to take prednisone. I just don't like taking it. I know it works. I know I can get my voice back in 24 hours. But I just don't like the feel of being on it. And even though it sounds like crap, I feel fine. Well, you know, God made our bodies uh, to heal themselves. And anybody who eats three well-balanced meals a day, drinks six to eight glasses of water, gets regular exercise, and doesn't put harmful things in their body, they're going to do extremely well. That's Their natural me. immune system and everything else is going to work very, very well, and they're going to have a minimum of diseases. Yeah. Well, the good news is for the first time in a month, pollen counts are going down, so I'm assuming in a day or two I should be better. Um, so you had a bad case of COVID. We've, we've had you on this program. We've discussed yeah. that in detail. We have this whole issue now about what Fauci knew. When did he know it about gain of function? And we now know that he was told that there was likely gain of function work done on COVID-19 on January 31st in an email confirming it 2020. And yet he went out publicly and denied it. We have other evidence, too, that he was in a great state of panic over the knowledge that, in fact, maybe NIH monies had, in fact, been sent to the Wuhan lab of virology. Now the question is, we had two big prestigious medical journals that had posted articles that they later rescinded saying that hydroxychloroquine, for example, at the time, a 65-year-old drug, was dangerous for people to take. It turns out the foremost expert on hydroxychloroquine is a guy out in Cedar sinai in Los Angeles, Dr. Daniel Wallace. And he wrote, the risk is nil. He has the largest rheumatoid arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis and lupus practices in the country, has been dispensing hydroxychloroquine almost 45 years. 65-year-old drug. He said the risk is nil. And 
it became at that point you couldn't even discuss that or discuss ivermectin or discuss later regeneron without being yeah, well, excoriated and we had nothing pardon. else doctor so what yeah, happens well, that's, when that's the problem that's the problem you get you know for instance uh, we have our quote experts uh say that uh even though they knew from those emails that there was a, a high chance of maybe this did originate in the laboratories by coming out and saying that is very, 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 very unlikely. And then having Facebook and other social media castigate anybody who said anything to the contrary. And it leads people completely off in the, in the wrong direction. You know, as far as hydroxychloroquine is concerned, you know, they didn't have to go through a, a lot to see that countries in Western Africa that require the use of hydroxychloroquine and other antimalarials when you're coming into the country had a markedly decreased incidence of COVID-19. The data is already there, and they squelched it. Now, you have to ask yourself the question, what was behind squelching that? Well, in order to get an EUA, emergency use authorization, uh, for the vaccines, you have to be able to say that there's no other reasonable alternative. So there, there was a reason to do that because they really wanted to push the vaccine. And I'm not saying that the vaccine is necessarily bad, but, you know, we should be at a level of maturity where we can use all the things that we have. We can use the vaccines, we can use the hydroxychloroquine, the ivermectin, uh, all the other things that have actually demonstrated some efficacy in this area. And it, it just goes to show you how malignant our media is. Uh, you know, not only did they squelch that, but, you know, they defended school closings. We're seeing that that really is, wasn't necessary. Children being forced to wear masks in some places they still have to. Think about what that does to the socialization project process of a young child who, who doesn't get to associate facial expression with verbiage. That's going to have a long-time uh, deleterious impact. Uh, you know, they're supporting the teacher unions. I, you know, the teachers that I knew growing up, were wonderful people. You know, they wanted to teach. You know, that was their mission in life. And, and they've supported the city lockdowns. We were seeing that the only thing that really contributed to was destroying businesses. And, you know, it, it just goes on and on. Uh, the media is extraordinarily malignant. And the other thing that, that they're not doing, and I, I hope I, I do hear some voices starting now, to say that natural immunity is just as good as the immunity derived from vaccines. You know who's been getting uh, beat up over this is Rand Paul. He's, I think, the first senator to contract COVID-19. And, and that's his argument. He said, well, I'm not, I, I feel as a doctor, medical doctor, with T-cell immunity, even if the immunity levels in your body go down, which they naturally would with any virus, uh, there's still memory inside the T cells of one's body if they had contracted COVID, correct? Absolutely. 
And there's no reason that it would be any different than any other infectious disease process. And the immune system would operate in the same way. And there's been a couple of recent big studies that have come out that have shown exactly that to be the case. Nevertheless, uh, certain people want to control everything. So they're saying, even if you've had it and you've got natural immunity, you still need to be vaccinated. And we're talking about an experimental thing because it's an EUA. It's not actually FDA approved at this stage. We don't know what the long-term impact. We do know that sometimes you can have some disturbances if you immunize somebody who's already immune. So, uh, And we, we definitely don't know what the long-term impact is with children. And we have children who have extremely low morbidity and mortality associated with COVID-19, and yet we're saying you have to take the vaccination. Now, I don't have any problem with people who want to take it, but those who don't want to take it, we shouldn't be in a position of trying to force them to do that. That was never the purpose of government as our founding fathers envisioned it. And, you know, that has everything to do with freedom in this country and liberty. You make information available to people and then you let them decide how they want to utilize that. And and this is this is you know a precursor to totalitarianism and it's very frightening. And as we continue, Dr. Ben Carson is with us. A lot of people have been trying to put a lot of pressure on me, Dr. Carson so that I would tell people what to do. There was an article out today that the 78% of people that have made up their mind that they do not want to get the vaccine, that, that their minds are, are locked in, they're unlikely to change their opinion in any way, nobody's going to sway them uh, to do something they've already made a decision on. Now, uh, what I tell people is this, and I, I know because I called you when you first got COVID, we've, we've been friends a long time, I think the world of you, and at the start, you were doing fine, and then word got back to me you had taken a real serious turn. I got very, very worried, and I'm, I was getting updates every which way that I possibly could, and I knew you were being well taken care of. And, but I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to play one on radio and TV, but this is, this is my advice. Take it seriously. Read as much as you possibly can. All this information is available everywhere. Then and read contrarian views, views that you might not agree with. Just read it all. Then talk Absolutely. to your doctor or doctors based on your medical con- condition or, or other medical professionals you trust. Make the decision that is right for you. I believe in science. I believe in vaccines. I believe in all of it. But I don't feel qualified to sit there and give blanket statements to people what, knowing nothing about their individual medical history to, to give them medical advice. And that's exactly right. It's, it's an individual thing. It should be done in conjunction with your medical professional. You know, I took, uh, you know, some uh, natural products and it had a dramatic improvement, but it only lasted for a few days because I had some underlying issues and therefore I had to, to go in and get... Uh, you, you had you some know, other medical a, issues that, by the way, is nobody's antibody. business, but you had... Right. You know, other, other, I won't say comorbidities, but you've had other conditions. Right. And the monoclonal antibodies uh, solved that problem for me dramatically. How, um, long did, how long did that take 
to kick in. I, I assume it was Regeneron or Eli Lilly's version of it. Right. It was. It only took a matter of hours. Wow. And in a matter of hours, I was much, much better. That night, I was a completely different person. Then can I ask you, it seems that we're not, we're waiting, we're not proactive enough. I can tell you what, what it's like in New York. Basically, if you're diagnosed with COVID-19, you're told, uh, check your oxygen, check your temperature. If your temperature goes up, take two Tylenol. If your oxygen level drops below 90, then go to a hospital. Now, if you wait to your oxygen level, which should be a steady, I would argue, probably 96 thereabouts, depending on your age, health condition, et cetera, at least 95, 6, 7. If you wait till it drops to 90 or below. Or, you're already in trouble. Now you're in trouble. Exactly. Why, why would they not be more proactive, especially with people that are older? Well, I think they are now, and that's and that's why the they're not in New York. I can tell you right now, they are not in New York. Yeah, New York is a is a different animal, but around the country, the mortality and morbidity has gone down dramatically, as you see, and the, the incidence of passing it on has dramatically gone down. And this whole concept of asymptomatic spread. You know, we're starting to realize that, that there's not much to that. And, of course, that frightened everybody and made them much more compliant with, with some of the aberrant recommendations that were made. But uh, hopefully what we can do is go back and analyze all of this and all the mistakes that were made and make sure that we never, ever do that again. Yeah. You know, Dr. Carson, I, I, I just wish that we didn't politicize everything because as Dr. Oz has said many times, when politics and medicine intersect, politics always wins. Uh, We're glad you're well. You're a great man, and we love having you on the program. Thank you so much for being with us. Always Um, good to be with you, Sean. Thanks for what you do. When we come back, how much money is Kamala Harris going to throw at the root causes of migration in, in Central America? We'll get to that and in other countries uh 800-941-SEAN is our number we'll get to your calls also hannity tonight at nine quick break right back next our final news roundup and information overload hour all right news roundup information overload hour sean hannity show 800-941-SEAN our number you want to be a part of the program we have been following and have had our cameras down at the border now from the very beginning of the Biden-Harris administration. It has been an unmitigated disaster. The mob, the media, for the most part, have ignored what's going on down there. The cages that Joe and Kamala have been building in the middle of a pandemic, overcrowded as they've been, the fact that they've tried to keep Child Protective Services out of these facilities, that's their job to check on children, The fact that they're aiding and abetting law-breaking. The fact that in the dark of night, the Biden-Harris administration is transporting people to every other state and burdening these states with with providing food and shelter and health care and education for illegal immigrants. Uh, Kamala Harris told the biggest lie yesterday that, oh, no, don't don't come because we will be enforcing our laws. Nobody. We've been down there the entire time. Anybody that makes it to the border gets into the country. And and what do they do? Just keep building cages, spending money, spending money, spending money. And now we're going to, what, bribe countries in Central America? And do we really, are we that naive to think 
that these corrupt governments are going to actually get that money to the people that would need the money and need the assistance? Because I don't believe that's going to happen. How embarrassing it was yesterday for Kamala Harris to get lectured by the president of of Guatemala, because that's exactly what happened as he blamed the United States for this problem. He literally blamed Biden for what's going on and, you know, went on to say that the Biden's migration czar are not on the same side of the coin and went on to say the migration crisis got out of hand when Biden offered, took office and promised a change in approach. We're in agreement on what what is happening, that it's a crisis, although Kamala has yet to really say that. We What we're not in agreement on is how, why this happened. And the Guatemalan president ripped Joe Biden right to Vice President Kamala Harris's face. Uh, Lester Holt, got to give him a little prop here. He actually told, you know, called out Kamala Harris. Why haven't you visited the border? Listen. Americans don't see a lot of that on a daily basis. What they yeah. do see it they're at their own border, children being lowered over fences, yeah. children coming in with, you know, phone numbers stenciled on, on their hand. Yeah. And so the question has come up and you heard it here and, and yeah. you, you'll hear it again, I'm sure. It's why not visit the border? Why not see what Americans are seeing in this crisis? Well, we are going to the border. We have to deal with what's happening at the border. There's no question about that. That's not a debatable point. But we have to understand that there's a reason people are arriving at our border and ask what is that reason and then identify the problem so we can fix it. Just quickly put a button. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, mean, I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border, well, meaning you're, you're not even going down and talking to the people on the ground. That would be the point of that. You know, we and they just ignore, they won't even call a crisis a crisis. Anyway, Derek Maltz is with us, former agent in charge of the DEA Special Operations Division, has a wealth of knowledge on the border. Kyron Skinner, Fox News contributor, former director of policy planning at the Department of State during the Trump administration. Uh, Derek, I mean, to get lectured by the Guatemalan president, to never go to the border, to keep building cages that are overcrowded with kids in the middle of a pandemic, uh, to in the dark of night transport illegal immigrants all over the country and, and burden states with the cost of taking care of people and not enforcing our nation's laws. How much more clear can this get for people? Sean, thank you very much for having me. Well, first of all, look at the CDC stats for the deaths in America from these poisonous fentanyl pills that are coming in from Mexico. And just look at the leadership from CBP and Homeland Security before with President Trump. They warned that this would happen. So there's no need for her to go to Guatemala and deal with these corrupt politicians at this point. She has to go and speak to the experts on the ground at the border. And that's the point that's being lost. I'm happy she came out of the Washington bunker, Sean. But the experts that have been watching this thing evolve and also watching the solutions that have worked under the Trump administration. We have record amounts of fentanyl, record amounts of methamphetamine, record amounts of people. We have the biggest crisis we've ever seen, not only at the border, 
but throughout our cities. Just look at the crime that's escalating in all the cities around America. You know, and then Harris, for her to laugh and make a joke about going to Europe. I mean, we're talking about something we've never seen in the history of the country, Sean. I talk to the families every day that are sending their kids, the pictures of their kids are they're finding dead in their bedrooms. One kid, they had a Snapchat, um, they had a rally at Snapchat headquarters this past week. The one uh, parent was talking about how the 14-year-old ordered a, a counterfeit pill on Snapchat. The dealer delivered it to the house, and they found the kid dead in the bedroom. I mean, this is, this is blowing up in our country, and the politicians refuse to talk about it because of their idiotic policies that they implemented just because of the politics. I also like the, ha- the fact how AOC now has been very critical, okay, of, of Vice President Harris's statements down there, you know, about coming in. Let- it's time to come. You know, you know, do not come. I mean, I'm sorry. She says do not come now. She's changing. They're so confusing. Let me go to you, Kyron Skinner. I mean, it's obvious to anybody who's been down there. Over the years, I've, I've been down at the border 14 times, everywhere from the Rio Grande all the way through San Diego. I've been on helicopters. I've been in boats. I've been on horseback, all-terrain vehicles. I've been on foot. I've been there when gang members are arrested. I've been to drug warehouses. I've seen tunnels. I've seen it all. And it was bad then, but it's never been this bad. Three months consecutively now, uh, the highest numbers we've seen in, in 20 to 30 years in terms of illegal immigrants getting into this country, and nobody is being turned back in spite of what Kamala Harris said in Guatemala yesterday. Um, yes, Sean, all of those trips you made came about because you were open to new ideas, you were open to evidence and to research and to the historical archaeology of talking to people in real time. I think it really doesn't matter if Vice President Harris goes to the border because she's already made up her mind and her team, they've made up their minds as well about what they plan to do. She's put, um, she is blaming all of what's happening at the border, not on the rhetoric of the Biden administration or their decision to reverse key parts of the um, immigration policy of President Trump, such as completing the border wall. Um, they've decided that what's going on is due to climate change, to um, food insecurity, to the lack of climate uh, um, adaptability within the countries, the lack of climate resilience, um, all of these factors. She's putting in place um, a new initiatives such as having empowerment programs for young women so that they can um, find employment and have better self-esteem in Central America. There's a task force that's being stood up on combating human trafficking and drug smuggling and corruption. We already know about these things. What, at this point, would a trip to the border do for Kamala Harris? She has her plan. You know, I mean, the idea, that answer was just so weak. Well, I haven't been to Europe either. What does that have to do with anything? You know, and it, it I think seemed, she was telling the truth. She was telling I, I, the truth. I, I, good point. And Derek, the, the reality is, is we've had our cameras down there for months now, and we've been on the border. We've been where the drug smugglers and human traffickers are. Uh, we've been, we, we got our cameras. They wouldn't allow them into the facilities, the cages that they were building for these kids that were so overcrowded in the middle of a pandemic. You know, we're hearing now from the governors that, you know, discover that there are all these people dumped on their doorstep 
and now it's their responsibility financially and otherwise to 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 take care of people because Joe Biden, Kamala Harris refused to enforce the laws of the land. How is it they get to pick and choose which laws they want to obey and enforce and which ones they don't? Well, Sean, that's a great question. I mean, if you look at the leadership in Texas and you look at some of the disturbing trends, right? 800% increase in fentanyl seizures, right? And the governor down there is taking, you know, full speed ahead, you know, making sure the people of Texas are protected. But you look at some of the things that are happening with the ranches and the dead bodies and the, you know, the, the children that they're finding. And now the Jalisco New Generation Cartel just absorbed the Cartel del Golfo at the border. So we're going to start seeing more and more violence, more and more, you know, interactions. But, Sean, let me go back to a really important point. We talk about the corruption in Central America. I mean, most people don't realize that the former congressman, Tony Hernandez, the brother of the Honduran president, is serving life in prison. He was convicted in New York on drug charges. But here's the thing. He was distributing 185 tons of cocaine, 185 tons. His brother, the president, was, uh, you know, the allegations that Chapo Guzman and other members of the cartel were paying into his political, you know, you know, his presidential, you know, hope, you know, to, to win the election in, in, in Honduras. The point is, is that this, the corruption is well known. Just talk to DHS and DOJ entities. Going down there is a waste of time. And it was quite embarrassing as a, as a citizen to see the signs about Harris, go home. Like, we don't want you here, right? They know what's going on. Like, Trump won the sign, the big sign, Trump won, right? Look at the encounters from April of 20 to April of 21. It's a 944% increase. Look at the drug seizures, right? You look at this year alone in the first seven months, 6,494 pounds of fentanyl. That's 307% increase over the first seven months uh, from last year. You look at the entire last year, the numbers were only 47.76 pounds. So the seizures of drugs and meth, 105,000 pounds of meth, this is something, Sean, like it's hard to even comprehend the lack of, of action from our government leaders, right? How do you explain this? And then the cities that are just getting destroyed. I, I don't even know how to explain it. You know, when people ask, like, what's going on with the government? I thought there was supposed to be law and order. Because without law and order, Sean, you don't have anything. I mean, it doesn't matter how much money people have and the wealth and the fancy cars and boats, because the, the crime is so bad now, the police are, are leaving, as you know very well, Sean, because you're totally engaged with the police. Uh, they're leaving at record levels. I'm continuing our discussion about what is the unmitigated disaster at the border with Derek Maltz and Kyron Skinner. Kamala Harris is likely going to write a big check to all of these countries, uh, and Joe Biden will do the same. They keep saying, well, we're going to target the root causes of migration. Well, could the root cause be this? I'll play for you. Statement of Biden telling immigrants if you're fleeing oppression to come. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. Is that it, why they they came, Kyron? Is that why they're coming? We have uh, last uh, we have last 30 it, seconds. 
Yeah, absolutely, and that's what the Guatemalan president said. As soon as those statements were made, coyotes in Guatemala start organizing big groups of children and getting them ready to move. I just wanted to speak real quickly before we go about your final important point, Sean, around the price tag on all of this. We've already, as the U.S., committed $310 million to Guatemala alone as part of a $4 billion package to Guatemala and the Northern Triangle countries. This could lead to waste, fraud, and abuse. We already know the root causes. We're going to commission more studies. Um, It will take lots of time. Meanwhile, we have record high numbers of people at the borders with a 21-year high in April alone. They are not going to, that money is never going to make its way to the people of these countries in Latin America. There's my prediction. Derek, last 15 seconds. Sean, the American public needs to realize this is like something we've never seen before in regards to these counterfeit pills that are killing these kids. They're not-type drug users. They're one-time users that are not waking up, coming from the cartels, coming over the border. And the gotaways is a big thing, Sean. The unofficial numbers for the month of of May, over 50,000 gotaways into America. Have no idea where they came from, who they are, where they go, what their motive is. What organization are they with? This is what I am very concerned about. The gotaways all over this country in our neighborhoods that we don't know who they are. That's a big problem. All right, Derek Maltz, thank you. Kyron Skinner, thank you. 800-941-SHAWN. We'll get to the phones when when we get back. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. We'll uh, report all the news the mob refuses to report. Quick break right back. Your call's on the other side, straight ahead. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Just to add some emphasis to the, you know, USA's top fold article today, U.S. to target root causes of migration. And then billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars going to Central Latin America, wherever, 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 whatever country wants money please use this money so you prevent people from coming to the u.s border okay that's not going to work how do we know because the money likely is never going to get to the people in this case guatemala or in the case of mexico i i I don't trust many of these governments at all maybe i'm just too cynical in my old age anyway um if you want why what the root cause is Let's go back to the campaign and and Joe Biden saying, yeah, come to the U.S. and and seek asylum. And Kamala saying, yeah, we'll even give you free health care. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. So you support giving universal health care, Medicare for all to people who are in this country illegally? Let me just be very clear about this. I am opposed to any policy that would deny in our country any human being from access to public safety, public education, or public health, period. Oh, that kind of covers it. And Kamala Harris warning migrants, we are going to enforce the law. No, they're not. We just had three record months, the highest in 20 to 30 years. We're on track to have a, a couple of million illegal immigrants walk right into this country and Joe and Kamala aren't lifting a finger to stop it. Listen to Kamala saying, don't come. I want to be clear 
to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. The United States will continue to enforce our laws and secure our border. There are legal methods by which migration can and should occur. But we, as one of our priorities, will discourage illegal migration. And I believe if you come to our border, you will be turned back. Oh, that's what she means. Um, I believe they'll be turned. No, they're not getting turned back at all. All right, 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. Um, let's say hi to John is in Ohio. John, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Glad you called. How you doing, Sean? I'm good, sir. What's happening? I wanted to bring up a, a point that the media, they don't say anything about, is the legal side of immigration. I'm doing a K-1 visa, which is a fiancé visa, and it's going on almost two years of me and her being vetted and the U.S. Embassy in Manila, Philippines, not doing nothing. Now, they're starting to do a lot of law. So one of you is a citizen. Which one of you is a citizen? Me. Okay. So you've you've met the love of your life. She's from the Philippines? Philippines, yes. Okay. And so if if she can get legal status by marrying you, correct? Yes. Now, they do check, by the way, because, you know, like a lot of people game the system, right? But people, they make, you know, side deals and... They say that they're getting married or they might have a sham marriage and there might be money exchanged. And it turns out that they're not getting married at all, that it was just a financial transaction. I understand that they, there are a lot of checks and balances, like they'll pull you both aside and ask questions about your uh, uh, what time do you usually get up in the morning? What's your favorite food? Um, uh, you know, and just try to see if you're really living together. Yes, they do a lot of vetting. I mean, they've done severe background checks on me. In the Philippines, they do background checks on her, and they they go from our birth certificates. I mean, they do a lot of vetting to check these people out. But the U.S., usually the process for a K-1 visa is usually about seven months. I'm going on two years because the U.S. embassies are pretty much doing what they want, and they just say COVID this, COVID that, but they can process certain things. Now, like Manila, now, is your fiancé, is she in the country now or is she in the Philippines? No, she can't come here until she goes through the U.S. Embassy in the Philippines to do an interview. Well, there is, I, look, I can tell you this because I know for a fact from friends, there there is a massive backlog. Oh, it's huge. COVID-related, you know, and I, I just, I know there's some truth to that, whether or not they're even trying to get up to speed or not is another question. That's pretty much there. They tell you one thing, but they don't do it. Like I was getting ready to say, there's a Ramirez versus Blinken lawsuit and a a bunch of others with three law firms working together to try to get this pushed along because you you can't do nothing. You're at a standstill. If you try to call the embassy, you can't get through to them. If you try to try to uh, send them emails, they sent everybody the same email. So you can't contact. Well, your case after a certain amount of time goes expired. And once it goes mm. expired, you got to start all over. So, yeah, I mean, that's a problem. I, the only, the best advice, and I know you're trying to do everything the right way, is I assume there is a, a congressman or woman that, that represents you. There are people, tried. and there's not much they can do, huh? No, they actually, they've actually, we've had people in this lawsuit that actually have 
talked on a monthly basis to their senators, and then their senators pretty much try to ask them what's going on with this case number, because each person has their own case number. And the U.S. Embassy will send the senator the exact same email that they send us, saying there's nothing we could do because of COVID, but they can do other visas. It's it just it makes no sense. Yeah, listen, I I can really sympathize with you because you're trying to do everything the right way, the legal way, the just way, and you know they make it ten times, a thousand times harder on you, even though you're trying to do it the right way. Um, the only thing I can say is just keep reaching out to people involved. Tr- at least try to maybe get an extension so you don't have to start the entire process all over again. That would be a disaster. And, yep. you know, hire a good immigration attorney that's connected that that can kind of cut through the clutter and get the job done. Yeah, we've got one now. It's actually three of the bigger law firms working together to try to get us through this. So our case don't go expired. It, which is money we shouldn't have to spend. We're already spending money to pay for this process itself. No, I get it. It's listen. It's rough. I I I really do sympathize with you because you're trying to do it the right way. Yeah. You know, and and here's the sad reality: if your fiance got to the border at Mexico, could walk across and be living with you probably within a week. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it is ridiculous. I I'm not. You know, I feel. I just feel for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the other hand, I I can in good conscience. You know, tell people to break the law. I, I I tell everyone, pay your taxes, follow the laws, especially if you're a conservative. Otherwise, they want to put you in jail. And <laughs> that's exactly I, what we're all doing. Trying to do it the, the right way. Trying to do it the right way. Does. I know. Yeah. And all we're right, well, for it. You're in, you're in our prayers. I hope it works out. Somehow, love can... Maybe, maybe you can go live in the Philippines for a while. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my friend, I'm wishing you the best. I hope you work that out. That's hard. By the way, Linda, did you see the French President Macron was uh, slapped in the face? I couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah? It. Yeah. I and missed that. You did not miss that. We were talking about I didn't about see it anything about that. <laughs> You're such a liar. Uh, uh, Chris is in Florida. Chris has more brains than all of us put together. What's up, Chris? How are you? Hey, hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Um, just to let you and Linda know, the door in Florida is always open to y'all. Um, Northeast Florida, if you can handle an hour of rain a day for the summer, you're good. Um, real, I don't want to take a lot of your time, but I was listening the other day, your big debate with Linda about French fries and McDonald's fries are the best, hands down. Well, they are, but um, I like Wendy's too. Do you like Wendy's French fries? They They don't put enough salt on them. <laughs> Well, you just, well, it doesn't matter how oh, much Chris, salt is Oh, Chris, you really on. are. You, you're you like, you know, Sean's brother. Nobody loves salt more than Sean. No, so you just you say, can company. I have extra, extra amounts of salt? And if I get a quarter pounder with cheese or a Wendy's single with cheese with ketchup pickles and onions, extra pickles, uh, yeah. extra onions, then I always ask for extra ketchup, too. I mean, it's a whole, so, it's an art form watching me eat McDonald's. I don't know if I would call Wendy's. it an art form. I think I was no, thinking of something form. else. No, no, because no, I, no, I have to it. lay it. I lay it all out. I put the mm-hmm. extra salt on. I try to eat the French fries first because they're hot, better hot, right? Uh-huh. Like, for example, exactly. when I get handed the bag, if the French fries are cold, I hand them back and say they're cold. I want yeah, hot French want fries. Fresh ones. I want so fresh, can I tell hot you, fries. What? Chris, you're going to love this, and Sean, too. So I got an email from another caller, another listener, I should say. Somehow he got my email, and he another sends caller. me this note. Another caller, Another and he caller. sends me this email, and he says, um, "Listen, I've been I've been listening to you, 
and you're too restrictive on Liam, and I know it comes from a good place, but I'm going to send you the statistics on the air fryer versus McDonald's fries. And he is telling me that me putting my French fries in an air fryer with no oil and no salt is only a little bit healthier than the McDonald's fries. And I'm like, where did you pull these metrics from? I do not understand. (laughs) Sent me a whole thing about it. Then he yelled at me for the Call of Duty conversation we had yesterday and said that I am siphoning off Liam's life, that he has a right to play games, and I'm a helicopter mom. I sent it to Katie. I was like, you got to see this. By the way, you are a helicopter mom. No, I'm not. And I was a helicopter dad. I'll admit I'm just made, I made I, I used I used to watch what my kids did. You know, my kids are grown, they're in their late twenties. But uh, my big question for you, Sean, you know, when I was growing up, my dad always said, you know, you can't do wrong and get by. And I served for twenty two years in, in the Navy and we were held accountable for everything we do. How long can Biden and his administration get away with all the lies that they're passing on to us? Uh, the answer is as long as the media is corrupt as it is and never tell the truth and never hold people accountable, I think they can always get it. I think I don't think it ever ends. You know, what, what, what we're hoping for here is that we hit a tipping point. America sees their failed policies. They're absolute lying. You know, it's just a joke that, you know, we get lectured by the communist Chinese and Anchorage on human rights. Uh, Putin is going to eat Joe's lunch on the 16th of June. Kamala gets lectured by the Guatemalan president. It's embarrassing. It's it's America at its weakest. The Chinese, the Russians are giving the Iranians arms to fight a proxy war in the Middle East. And Joe doesn't even have a clue. We get hacked by Russia twice. And Joe rewards Putin with a waiver to build his pipeline while canceling our pipeline. I mean, you can't make you, you cannot make this shift up. You can't. By the way, some people well, think glad, I just I'm said a bad word. I said shift. Go ahead. I'm I'm just glad there's people like you and you know the other patriots out there that are voicing you know the truth. I mean, we're we're fighting every so. day, but we don't have any choice. I mean, honestly, it's like an all hands on deck moment for the country, Chris. We need everybody. All right, well, my friend, we love well, you. Um, now I feel like French fries. Sean, I'm I gotta tell craving. you another great food story. Do you want to hear one more before we go to commercial? Did you hear so you about Burger our- King mocking Chick Fil A in a tweet? And no. then it's the backlash that has ensued. No. They made a donation, I guess, Burger King. Every, for every, I guess they have a Chick King sandwich. I never, I don't go to, I only like a Whopper. That's the only thing I like with cheese. But anyway, uh, to celebrate Pride Month, even on Sundays, they say, because Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday, so they're taking a shot at, at Chick-fil-A. And then, you know, anyway, they, they say that if you buy a Chick King sandwich, You know, money's going to go to the human rights campaign, which is fine. Anyway, uh, 40 cents of every sandwich sold. Uh, Maximum donation, 250 grand. And anyway, now, by the way, they added efforts to boycott. Every time they try to boycott Chick-fil-A, sales go through the roof. So it always backfires. I I just, but I also think like you're taking a shot at Chick-fil-A who gives Sundays off because it's a family day and they believe in going to church and being with your family. What's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. That's just wrong. All right. Give me your food story real quick. Okay. Really, really quick. Our friend Wendy at the Outpost Eatery, we had listeners that came all the way from, I'm looking at the email. What did she tell me? La, 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 la. Kansas City came to Florida on their vacation. The Kunoff family stopped into Outpost 611 Eatery and Tap House. They took pictures as all great listeners to the Hannity Show. And it's just awesome. It's just a good story. We take Liam and get him a happy meal so he can be happy. Oh my God! Just do your read. 
Just do it for this me. This guy. Just do it for me. I'll pay for it. One, one happy meal. Just one. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Loaded up. Um, we have what is the largest cartel bust ever in L.A. County. We're going to update you. That's just breaking. Uh, we'll have the latest about the lies at the border. We'll hit that. Also, the police defunding this madness is getting out of control more every day. Uh, we've got reports about Hunter using the N-word multiple times, Daily Mail report. we got full coverage of all the news that you'll never get from the media mob. Set your DVR, Hannity, tonight at 9. We'll see you then. Uh, back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. You make the show possible. We can never thank you enough.